Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Listen, I'm more excited than you are. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, how many of you have liability insurance on your car? How many of you have full coverage? How about insurance on your on your house? You got some homeowners? No, I'm not going to ask you to fill out a card in a few minutes. I, you know, I'm not selling insurance. How many of you have eternal insurance? Now, let me ask you about this other kind of insurance. What happens to your car insurance if you quit? Paying the premiums. Say again? You lose it. Yeah, they they send you 917 notices. And then they cancel your insurance. Now I want to spend these next three weeks helping you to come to the place where you are Thoroughly convinced that you are well able to endure. You you see, there's... How many of you know you can keep your salvation and lose the joy of it? How many of you know you can live miserably... And still go to heaven if you have trusted Jesus. How many of you want to live to the full till he comes to get us? Is is that what you're looking for? Now that's a good place to say amen, Brother Jim. Now let me read a scripture just to help you understand where we're going with this. This is the Apostle Paul writing, listen, from a prison cell or at least under house arrest in Rome. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Paul said, listen, Remember how I did it. Remember how those around you have done it. For many, listen to this verse, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Now context would bring us to believe this is the fact. They once walked with Jesus. Now they don't walk with Jesus. Not in a casual sense. They have become enemies of the cross. In other words, 
They once were on fire. They once were serving. They once were going. They once were giving. They once were telling. They once were teaching. And now they're not. Now I know every one of us in here would say, well that's not going to be me, Brother Jim. I'll tell you, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm going on. Jesus is coming to get... You think they said that? I want to help you to understand something. You don't have to fail. You don't have to quit. You don't have to back up. You don't have to be classified among those who become the enemy of the cross. Now there's quite a popular thing that's going on in our society right now. You know, the gentleman that uh, wrote the book a number of years ago, Fact of Venice, we had used it in church. The title of it was, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And the basic premise of the whole thing was, is you don't have to shop around for your soulmate. You don't have to give yourself away and try yourself out for a number of people until you find the right one. That as a believer, you have someone, God has prepared someone for you, and if you'll trust him, he'll bring the two of you together. Now, I would have never suspicioned in that time when we were dealing with that book, but not long ago, he stood up and said, I'm no longer a Christian. I don't believe what the cross and what Jesus has taught. Was he lying when he wrote the book? No. What happened to him? Just recently, one of the popular singers, I don't know him and and I didn't like him when I did hear him. But he's a so-called Christian singer, publicly announced, I'm no longer a Christian. Now, how do you get from writing a book on Christian principles to denying Christ? How do you get from singing in, in a Christian band to denying Christ? Is there some tangible Something that happens. And the answer is yes. There certainly is. And I want to spend these next three weeks talking to you about that. We have in our living room this plaque. This is an actual picture. For I know the plans that I have for you. It is a verse that is taken out of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Many of you may know it. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Now I read that thing daily, Some days, multiple times a day. You want to know why? Well, one, it's available. This uh, 
thing is, I don't like that. Do you hear that? Can you hear me now? Oh, all right. Let's see, maybe it's, something, maybe it's better now. It was kind of... <laughs> you hear it now? Yeah. Okay. Can you guarantee me that 20 years from now you're going to be a still serving God? I can almost guarantee you you won't be if you neglect these next three steps that I'm going to share with you in the next three weeks. Why? Because there's a lot out there that's pulling at you. There's a lot out there that is trying to steal away what God's trying to deposit in you. And I feel that it is my responsibility to simply say to you, please listen. I do not have all the answers. I certainly do not have the answers. But I know one thing that we need to know the truth. We need to gather around the cross. Here's my intent. My intent before we are finished these three weeks, that you are convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that God's desire for you is a life of victory, purpose, and wholeness. Now, there's a lot of theology being taught out there that God wants you sick. Oh, yeah, it must be God. God's trying to teach you something. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, you, you believe that and you'll find yourself to be a casualty because that's not what the Word of God teaches us. Also, excuse me, I went the wrong way. <clears throat> it, I also want you to understand this, that you are well able to bring it to fruition in your life. In other words, you have what it takes to live the life that God has for you. You have that. Now notice, it says, with the resources God has given and the Holy Spirit who indwells you and empowers you. You have the ability, regardless of the circumstances of your life that may be going on at any time, you can live a victorious life in the midst of this pandemic. You can live a life of victory and wholeness in this time. Not because of who you are, but because of who dwells inside of you. And you see, the thing that I'm trying to enforce and reinforce is that God has given us whatever we need to walk through this life in victory and in completeness. Now, I'm, please hear me. I'm not saying God empowers you to live some kind of utopia like you think. I am saying to you that irregardless of whatever circumstances you encounter in this life, God has your back. God has victory for you. Do I understand it? No. Do I believe it? Absolutely. Have I experienced it? Yes. God desires for you a life of wholeness. You mean I'll never be sick? I did not say that. You mean I'll never have any trouble? I did not say that. 
I am saying that God, if you will let him, can empower you to live a life of victory even in the midst of the circumstances that you may be walking through. Paul said this. He wrote this from the prison. A big portion of what Paul wrote in the New Testament was from the prison. It's a prison epistles, they call them. Letters written from prison. Listen to what he said. He said, I want you to know this. I have learned to be content in whatever state or circumstance I'm in. Now, have you learned that? The devil doesn't want you to learn it. I want you to key off the word, I've learned it. Quit praying for God to make it easy. Quit praying for God to remove. No, 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 no. Say, God, teach me what I need to know to walk through this day. While we're over here whining about the circumstances, we are agreeing with the devil. But you see, when we have this concept that God is for me, and God has a plan for me, and God's plan includes that one that would not be calamity, well, one that would bring me hope in a future. See, that's something you got to believe. But you see, what has happened is, is we have become convinced that we, our life and our relationship with God is based upon the circumstances of our life. So when the circumstances are not good, the first thing the devil wants us to do is to find fault with God. Well, God, why did you bring this on me? Well, why, God, did you let this to happen? Well, God... No, 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 no. You see, you're approaching it all wrong and you're setting yourself up for failure. That's not the way you approach it. You don't approach life from the circumstance vantage point. You approach life from the Word of God standpoint. Not what is happening in my life. What does the Word of God say about what's happening in my life? That's where the victory is in the midst of that. Now let's look at two or three things. We're going to talk about associations today. And then next week we're going to talk about information. And then the third week we're going to talk about declaration. And if you'll listen to these three messages and you'll give application to them. Paul said, I learned how to be content. It wasn't a gift God gave me. It wasn't something the Holy Spirit did in me. He said, I learned through the circumstances of my life, that irregardless of the circumstance of my life, I can be filled. See, that's what I'm trying to... Isn't that what you want in your life? God, help us not to be Christians that are controlled by our circumstances. Up one day because it's going good and down the next day because we get a bad report. You see, you can't live, you can't live a life of victory like that. Your confidence has to be, as the Apostle Paul said, I am thoroughly, totally convinced that God is for me, not against me. When you entertain the fact that God may be against you, you're setting yourself up for failure. You see, you're causing the character of God and the Word of God to be in some way agreement with your circumstances. Your circumstances, my circumstances don't change God at all. God's still the God of victory. God's still the God of wholeness. God's still the God that overcomes in the midst of that. So let's jump in. Here's your part. This is your part. 
Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But, what's the next two words? Resist him. What does it mean to resist? Oh, yes, yes, God, I know you're using this sickness to, to teach me some lesson. Oh, I know somebody's going to be better because of this hard time that I'm walking through. That's not resisting the devil. Resisting the devil is pushing against. It's denying his right. It's pleading the blood of Jesus over you. It's saying, God, I am not controlled by my circumstances. I'm controlled by the indwelling spirit and the written word that you have given to me. See, that's where the victory is in the midst of it. And if you don't do your part, guess what? Who's the loser? See, one of the errors in the sovereignty of God thing that we see that's being birthed again in many, many places is, is that they carry the sovereignty of God to the place where there's no responsibility on the part of the individual. Did you understand what I just said? You have a responsibility to mature spiritually. You have a responsibility. You have to cooperate with the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. Listen, maturity doesn't come like getting older. You know what? I'm going to be older tomorrow than I am today. I don't have to do a thing. But if I live till tomorrow, guess what? I'm a day older. Spiritual maturity does not work that way, ladies and gentlemen. Spiritual maturity works when we cooperate with the Word of God. When we hear what it says and do what it says in the midst of them. Resist him firm in your faith. Second Timothy, this is the same writer. He said, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman. A workman suggests someone who, can you say it? Works. A workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, he's not saying that we become Bible scholars and we know all the Greek and Hebrew. He's simply saying you need to apply what it is that you do know. When you read it, you need to believe it, not just understand it. You need to apply it to your life in the midst of that. Now, my part is very simply this. I'm to equip you for the work of ministry. That's what the pastor, look at the, look at the context and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists, some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastor teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry to the building up of the body of Christ. See, ladies and gentlemen, the truth is, look at that next verse, until we all attain a, become a mature man. See, God's plan for you is not just you get saved and get into heaven and thank God you missed hell. God's plan for you is that you grow and mature and become a mature believer, that you help others become mature believers, that you take what God has done for you and let it be a testimony in the life of others, that you use what God has done for you in the midst of that. All right? Now let's look at associations. Show me your friends. And I'll show you your future. 
Associations, I'm talking about people you hang with. People that you listen to. People that influence you. Things. Next week, we're going to be talking about the eye and the ear. The next week, we're going to be talking about the mouth. Because listen, ladies and gentlemen, whether you want to admit it or not, what you say affects your life. I'm going to show you that biblically in the days to come. Be not deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Now, what did the Bible say about bad company? What did the Bible say about association? Said the wrong kind of association will affect your life. You know, it's, it's like the, the, the guy that says, well, I don't listen to the words of the song. I just listen to the music. And the first thing you know is they can sing every word to the song because it's getting inside of them. Associations. I'm talking about who do you hang with? Who do you reverence? Who do you mimic? Who, who's your mentor? What are you looking to? Who's, who's influencing your life? Who's speaking into your life? They are all affecting you and becoming a part of who you are becoming. Now, what makes mankind different? What, what makes you different than, 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 the, than the cattle out here in the field? Than the puppy dog that's home right now tearing up your favorite shoes? What makes man different? Notice this. This is Genesis. This is in the beginning. In the beginning, when God said, let us make man like all the other animals. Is that what he said? What did he say? Let us make man according to our likeness and let them rule over the earth. Then in verse 27 he said, and God created man, mankind, in his image, of, in the image of God, he created them. So whose image is up on you? God's image is up on you. Anybody ever say to you, you look just like your mama. Boy, I see your daddy's eyes. What I'm saying is, is we need to be reflecting whose image is on us from the beginning. We need to be looking like, we need to be acting like, we need to be talking like the image that's upon us. Now let's look a little bit better. First of all, what makes us different is we have the ability to think and reason. Your dog doesn't have the ability to discern whether or not Something is right or wrong. You can train a dog. You can train an animal. You can't train a cat. <laughs> but God made you with the ability to think and reason. You know, I've been doing uh, uh, with this, this corona uh, vaccine they keep talking about. I've been doing a little bit of study about vaccines. It has scared the living life out of me and I ain't scared of nothing. 
It is unbelievable. Let me ask you, do you know? You better know. You better find out. You, be, you, better, you better become a student of what's going on in your world today. It's scary. God made you to think and reason. God made you the ability to make choice. How many of you ever know these cows out here in this field can't decide, well, I'm going to move to Austin tomorrow. They can't make that choice. But God made you with the ability to make a choice. And thirdly, God gave you the authority to change. He not only gave you a choice to make, but he gave you a bill. Don't sit around and tell me, well, I can't do nothing about it. Yes, you can. See, sometimes we want to use the sovereignty of God as an excuse for we don't want to do nothing. Well, God's going to work it all out. No, 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 no. Please hear me. Please hear me. You can affect the outcome of God's will for your life. No, it would be wonderful if we could just excuse ourselves from every responsibility and say, well, que sera, sera. That's what they used to sing when, when I was a kid. Whatever will be, will be. No, 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 no. Read your Bible. The Bible gives you responsibility, study to show yourself approved unto God. Who? You study. You, you, that's your responsibility. You, you prepare yourself. You equip yourself. That's your responsibility. I can't do that. Pastor can't do that. That's something you have to do. And to simply say, well, I've got the Holy Spirit as a teacher and I don't... No, 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 no. That's true. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. But we have a responsibility to learn. And if you're not further along than you were last year, then something is amiss. See, I don't want to be an also ran. I was looking on Facebook recently and and there was a lady that years ago when, when I was lead pastor here that was, was actively involved in this church. I mean, a wonderful, wonderful, godly family. Some beautiful children, little children grew up in this church. They don't go to church anymore. Suffered some hardships, went through a tough time. Lost a loved one in the family. Don't ever darken the door in the church. Do you think they're an advocate for the church? Listen, listen, um, we've got a family member on Facebook that has as filthy a mouth on Facebook as you could imagine. And in that same breath, brags about how much she loves Jesus. Now you tell me, What do people think when they read that? See, you have a responsibility to reflect the image that's in you. If you call the name of Jesus, you have a responsibility to reflect the name of Jesus that's in you. And a part of that has to do with who it is you hang with. You see, the truth is mankind apart from God and his written word has a natural propensity toward evil. Man left to himself doesn't get better, he gets worse. Did you hear that? 
It's like this house. Can you imagine this house when it was built in all of its glory? Landscaping all the way around it. What happened to it? Somebody quit mowing the grass. Somebody quit trimming the trees. Somebody keep, quit patching the siding. Somebody failed to paint it. Somebody quit changing out the broken windows. Somebody didn't change the shingles on the roof. Guess what happened to it? It became a run down. This is what the word says. And this is the judgment that light is coming to the world. And men love their darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Be not deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth. Thus shall he also reap. That's the introduction. Now let's take a few minutes and look at this scripture. If you have your Bibles with you, please bring your Bible. I, I think you're looking at Facebook if you have your telephone on looking at your scripture. I think they're sitting out there checking their email. Here I am up here pouring my heart out. Second Timothy. Let's look at it. But realize this, Paul says to Timothy, his young uh, understudy, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Now let me ask you, what brings difficult times? What brought the coronavirus? What brought heart disease? What brought cancer? What, what brought the stuff that we fear the most? Was it God? Not according to the scripture. My Bible says very, very clearly that God is the giver of good gifts. Now, is there a judgment from God? Yes. That's a different story. We're talking about does God do bad things to good people to help them believe he's a good God? Now you figure that out. How could you try to convince me God is a good God at the same time you're trying to tell me God made me sick? Because he's trying to teach me something because he wants me to believe he's a good God. Hello? No, 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 no. Read your Bible. Study to show yourself approved, a workman unto God that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now let me tell you something else. You're sitting out there looking like, well, it's too hard, Brother Jim. I don't understand all it. Quit reading the book of Revelation, for God's sake. <laughs> Read the Gospel of John. Learn about who Jesus is. Learn about how he relates to the Father. Learn of what he says about you. Believe what he's talking. Believe he's telling you the right stuff. Yeah, but, y'all remember that? I keep getting that, yeah, but. Well, you read the scripture and it's something good and then you say, yeah, but that doesn't, what about this? What about, what? no, 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 no. The scripture's true irregardless of whose butt's out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's the scripture, the word of God is true. It is established. It is forever settled in heaven. You can believe that. Now, now, why do bad things come? I'm chasing a little rabbit here. Why do bad things come? Now, notice it says, for men become. Now, let's read that verse on, on down. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 3. But realize this. In the last days, difficult times will come. 
Why? Why do difficult times come in the end? Because, well, God said it was. No, 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 no. God says difficult times come because something happened. Notice what happened. For men will be come. Men will become lovers of self. Are you following? Am I making any sense? I'm saying to you that unless you fight against the flow, you'll be sucked up into all of the false teaching and all the false theology and all the worldly concepts that are out there because they're shouting and demanding your attention. And I'm saying to you, stop it. Turn off the negative news. Don't give me that business. Well, I've got to be informed about what's going on in the world. Trash. You don't need to be informed about what's going on in the world. You need to be informed in what's going on in the spirit realm. See, that's what we need. We get all this information. Well, we sit there and we... Are you convinced yet that newscasters are lying? <laughs> it's not just weathermen that don't know what they're talking about. It's anybody sitting behind a desk on a TV. Why? Because they have an agenda. They're trying to take us from here to there. And we can either get on their bus or we can say, no, thank you, I'm taking the train. But there's an effort involved in that. There's a study involved in that. There's a participation. Our pastor loves the word. What's that love he loves word? Intentional. I never used that word till I came back to Harvest Town. Intentional. <laughs> pastor loves that word. Got to be intentional. I'm saying you got to be intentional. You got to do it on purpose. To do nothing is to fall for their schemes. To, to do nothing is to become. Now what do you become? It goes on and says, men will be lovers of self. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't thought about that. Some, how about the selfie? <laughs> the selfie has to be the, the, the peak of the mountain in selfishness. I have a friend, I, I, I did, a, I did a, a wedding for her, one of her weddings. And, uh, and every time you see her, if she's taking a picture of Junior, she's in front of Junior. If she's taking a picture of the dog, she's in front of the dog. If she's taking a picture of the house, she's in front of the house. I mean, she is first and foremost self-centered. Let me give you some homework. When you get home this afternoon or tonight, Google narcissistic. <laughs> Anybody know what that means? They become lovers of themselves. I'm, I'm telling you, do it. It'll be, a, it'll either be, oh God, or oh me. And the truth is, it's oh God and oh me and all of us. 
Because every one of us has that disposition toward considering self first. But one of the signs or one of the things that bring difficult seasons is men become lovers of self. I don't give a rip about you. It's all about me. How do I look? How do I feel? How much do I make? What kind of job I got? What am I driving? Where am I living? It's all about me. There's an old, I think it's a Walt Disney movie where there's this, uh, what's the name of that movie, honey? Anyway, in the midst of that, he said, hey, 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 get that camera off of them. This movie's all about me. It's all about me. Y'all remember that movie? It's a Walt Disney movie. And, and it's a, uh, what, it's not a kangaroo, it's a, a llama. It's a llama. Is that? Oh, well, yeah, the Emperor's New Groove. That's what it is. Hey, 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 get that camera off of them. Because somebody was kind of narrating the story and they said, hey, 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 get that camera. It's all about me. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. Boy, we got a lot of competition. But you know, Matthew 5, 44 says this. I want you to be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. <laughs> okay, right. All right. <laughs> Gossips without self-control, butyl, ha- bu- brutal, haters of good. Tra- so, sounds like the, the, the BLM, doesn't it? <laughs> sounds like the BLM, doesn't it? Oh, they turned the TV off. What am I saying? Do black lives matter? Absolutely. Do they matter more than everybody else? Absolutely not. Don't tell me you care about me and you come and burn my store down. Oh, I'm doing it so things will get right for you. No, you're not. You're a terrorist. You're tearing up stuff that don't belong to you and you're taking things that don't belong to you and and you're all doing it in in the name. No, no, no. Church, you need to hear this. You need to hear what I'm saying. You need to stop and study. You need to expose yourself to some truth. Let me tell you this. You're not changing history one bit when you tear down Confederate statues. Is the Civil War going to be stopped because we take down the Civil War heroes? Come on, give me a break. Don't fall for that kind of stuff. Get the Word, read the Word, study the Word, prove yourself according to the Word. The Word will give you insight and revelation. The Word, the Word of God, this is forever settled in heaven. Why do you think they've spent the last 200 years trying to degrade the Word of God? Because it's the truth and they don't want the truth. They want their lie perpetuated. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you if you're not going to become, you're going to have to be diligent. Now notice what that says in verse 21. Holding a form of godliness... Notice what it says. Holding a form of godliness.
let us avoid such men as these. Are you saying to me, preacher, that it matters what kind of people I hang out with? I'm saying yes, it does. Does it matter what kind of children your children hang out with? Yes, it does. You know, over the years, I've married a lot of young couples. I don't know, hundreds. And on occasion, I've talked to a precious young lady or a precious young man, active in the church, loved God, faithful to the youth program. And I've said to them, you do understand that this young man that you're intending to marry is not a Christian. Oh, Brother Jim, I know once we get married and, and, and I'm able to talk to him and, 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 and I, know after that, I know that he'll become a believer and, and we'll just be something to be dealt with and I mean we're going to make a difference in the kingdom. And I say, no, you won't. Because it won't happen. Can I say to you, out of, I don't know, at least a hundred, maybe more, that I've married in the last 40 years of young couples that have married somebody who was not a believer. I've not known one of them that has come to know Jesus Christ and actually served the Lord. But I have known literally dozens of them that have lost their faith and went along with the unbelieving mate rather than, it just don't happen that way. Why? Because we're influenced by those around, by our associations. So, same thing is true. You, you, you know, you're associated by your Facebook. You, you, you're influenced by your Facebook friends. Oh, no. Yeah. Take it from somebody who knows. Well, I don't want to hear any more of that. Okay, that's good. So, do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness. So I'm a believer and I'm going to go out here and join up with a group that's going to burn down the county courthouse in Jesus' name. No, 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 no. Where's your brain at? Well, you know, Brother Jim, all those people have said, all what people? All those people. What pe those people that have influenced you. What did God say about that? Oh, well, you know, that's an old, outdated, archaic book. I mean, my goodness, it's filled with all kinds of errors and, and it's not for today. It was written back over you. You understand? You've already been influenced if that's how you believe. And I'm going to challenge you to go back to the Word of God and see what it says. How, 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 do we, how do we deal with that? We got to hurry. All right. God loves all people. Can you say amen? amen. All people are redeemable. Can you say amen? amen? How about God desires all men to be saved? Amen? Not all people will be saved. Oh, Brother Jim, there you go again. And not all people are good for you. 
You know, my Bible clearly says that broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. But narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. See, I, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I started out saying this. You and I are influenced by those we hang out with. Whether we hang out with them in person or whether we hang out with them in the soap opera. Or we hang out with them in Facebook. Or we, we hang out with them at the, at the movie theater. We become like, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I've lived long enough, ladies and gentlemen, to testify you. I've seen that over and over. I, by the same token, I have watched people come into a church and be around believers and begin to hang out with believers, and guess what? They become better. But you see, you must decide. You're the one that has to decide. There are people the accuser will put into our lives to hinder you from becoming all God has called us to be and fulfilling our destiny. But you have to decide. It's a, hard, it's a hard choice. It's not easy. You, you know, if you get serious with God, there's going to be some things that you're going to, there'll probably be some separations going on. I'm not talking about in your marriage. I'm not talking about leave your wife because she's always ragging on you because you don't ever put the toilet seat down. Dear God. And how about leaving them old dirty boots all the time and pick up your underwear. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I mean, that's what you got them for, to straighten you out, to help you long, to mature you in the faith. I'm talking about there may be some things you're watching and people are speaking into your life. You need to say, no, not anymore. You know, more and more people are telling me, I don't watch the news anymore. I haven't watched the news in a long time. Why? Because I don't want to be influenced by an ungodly information. Do I not watch TV? Yeah, I watch TV. I watched an old rerun of Perry Mason. <laughs> Wasn't a cuss word in it. Nobody slept together. The Bible wasn't slandered. Fact of it is it was lifted up. You think we haven't been influenced? All you need to know is go back and look at an old rerun of Leave it to Beaver. Do you know in Leave it to Beaver, they wouldn't even let the cleavers be in the same bed together? They had to have twin beds in their bedroom when they filmed Leave it to Beaver. Well, that's really something, ain't it? I'll tell you. I'm not saying you got to get twin beds. I am saying <laughs> that you can be influenced by what you watch. How many times is your little teenage girl going to watch her favorite actress call, crawl into some bed with somebody else before she begins to think, well, you know, that's probably not that bad. I know mom and dad, uh, you know, they're, they're against that. But, but you know, they're kind of old-fashioned. And, 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 and all of her girlfriends are going to say, boy, that's right. I'm glad you finally come, out, come to realize that. Church, I'm talking about you must govern 
who it is you spend time with. Because they're influencing you whether you want them to or not. And if they influence you long enough, you're going to begin to pick up on what it is that's important to them. And that's not God's best. God's best for your life is you do it His way. You associate with those who He brings into your life. That you cease being so consumed by yourself and begin to give an interest in somebody else's life. Be not deceived. Don't be fooled. Don't think you're different. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, thus shall he reap. I want you to reap life and wholeness, joy unspeakable and full of glory, victory. Not wring your hands worried about everything, but Father, I know you're in charge. I may not like it. It may not be good at this time. But I know you're for me, not against me. You see, you're agreeing with what the word. That's the good news. That's not the evening news. There's a big difference between the good news and the evening news. And I'm just saying, you're better. I'm better. We're better. The world's better. If we'll listen to the good news and not the news. Amen. Father, teach us to govern our own lives by your word. Show us what it is that we need to hear and what we need not to hear. What we need to say and what we need not to say. What it is we, who it is that we need to be around and admire and who it is that we do not. And Father, we believe that if we will follow after you, you will lead us in the paths of righteousness and life will be filled with joy and peace and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your attention. I pray that you'll be back next week. I'm going to talk about the influence of what you see and what you hear. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM.